I sometimes read uh, public domain books here on Leaves of Glen. And they were written a long time ago, uh, so they're usually uh, racist or sexist or bigoted. Uh, but in there somewhere and all that is a, a story, and that's why those stories are famous. Other times, I read uh, works from independent authors, and they're delightfully not racist, but they might have adult language or adult situations. So that's your warning, uh, but I'm sure you uh, are grown up enough to handle it. Don't write to me complaining. Welcome to the Leaves of Glen Mansion. Ah, where I read the hottest public domain books and short stories. Come on, come, come, come into the drawing room. Come in, come in. Uh, this is a fun little bit where I pretend to be in a mansion where I'm not actually just recording in my basement with egg cartons on the walls. There's soundproofing. That would be low class. No, you're in a mansion in my drawing room. And this week, I'm going to read to you uh, one of the short stories from the book 31 Horrifying Tales from the Dead by Drock Von Stoller. This story, Ah, the Campfire. Want to learn about the author? Sure you do. You're a nice, normal person. Um, the author is Drock Von Stoller. Uh, I have a ton of information, but instead I'll just tell you a little bit about him that I know personally. Long time ago, I've said this before, had a podcast with my sister and my brother-in-law, and uh, we are reaching out to independent authors and said, Hey, to Drock, Drock, can we read one of your stories? And uh, he said, yeah, go ahead. And we said, oh my God, thank you. So we read one of his stories and it was fun and whatever. And then later on, we ran out of stuff to read and none of the other authors were answering us. We said, oh, old Drock, mind if we read another one of your stories? We're, we're in a little bit of a bind. And he said, yeah, it's fine. You can read anything you want. Just give me credit. Don't even ask anymore. I was like, wow. So you look into this guy. Turns out he writes all of his own short stories that involve usually vampires, death, horror, that kind of thing. He, uh, and he's kicking these things out like multiple times per month. He's just got one ebook after another ebook after another ebook, just constantly making them. And his self promotion is crazy. This guy puts in so much work promoting his short stories and stuff. And uh, there's even an article written about him at salon.com. Uh, about this mysterious man. Why is he cranking out so many short stories? Uh, unfortunately, uh, even though he's got a kind heart, he's got like some misspellings and some bad punctuation and stuff because he's just cranking these things out. And I don't think he's got anyone uh, editing it because there's no time to edit it. He's already publishing another one. Uh, and he just does this all the time. And what scared me is that uh, as I was looking into reading some of his previous work uh, earlier, a couple months ago, uh, I looked into old Drock and I reached out to him saying, hey, uh, it's me again. I know you're just going to tell me just to read it and shut up, but I just want to make sure I got your permission to read another one of your stories. He never answered. And uh, I looked online and the last time he had anything to say was when he produced uh, a series of shorts that is on Amazon Prime Video, and uh, and it looks like people having fun wearing makeup and the vampire thing and a lot of fake blood. They're just having a good time, and he got to put it up on there, and so he's really promoting that. And he uh, even says uh, that uh, he's you know 2020 is a great year for Drock Von Stoller, and he talked about all the successes and all the downloads he's had on his eBooks and his movies that he's put up on Amazon Prime Video. Good for old Drock. He. Uh, Went silent after that. 
of July of 2020, which I'm not kidding. I'm honestly worried that something happened to him. And uh, with the pandemic, I fear uh, if something happened to him with that. So I'm hoping, Drock, that you're okay. Uh, and I imagine you, if I did get your permission, you'd tell me, just just read it. Just read it and give me credit. So uh, I'm going to give you credit, and I hope you're doing all right. Uh, and I'll make sure to put a link to the book in the show notes and your website and your Amazon Prime video. And, uh, and I hope everything's fine. Is that good? I talked a lot. Nope. Big grandfather clock's nowhere near ringing yet. Uh, uh, I don't know. I had a really great week last week. Uh, an amazing week. A week that would make a man sing. But I'm not the kind of person that sings. Uh, I, I, but whatever that thing is that'll make you feel so good is none of your business. But I'm having a great time. Oh my god, I feel better than I've felt in years. Uh, beyond that, my kids start school. Uh, I'm already driving my oldest to community college because they're doing that weird college thing. Oh, thank god. Oh, that was getting awkward. All right, well, let's move on uh, to the library where I'll read you this story. Campfire Tales by Drock von Stoller. We had just gotten back from a Halloween party when John, uh, being the only non-believer in ghosts, asked Karen and me if these stories about the many sightings of ghosts in the old uh, ghost town were true. Of course, we said they were all true. (laughs) And of course, his response was, "Eh, these stories are just a bunch of made-up stuff to keep nosy people from vandalizing the old town. Well, it's, uh, it's not true. Uh, then why don't all of us camp out tonight at the ghost town and put these old stories to rest once and for all, I replied. And I told John and that I would get my tent and, and some blankets. And Karen, why did I say it like that? And Karen volunteered to bring some food and flashlights. And John said uh, that he would bring some firewood and, 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 and beer and his guitar. And I decided that we would all ride together in my car. Oh, oh, everyone was excited about telling our friends at school, oh, they're high school kids, all about our spooky tales we got back. But little did we know that there would be no tales to tell because we would never be heard of again. Oh, as we were driving down the dusty country road, John was uh, strumming on his guitar, because he's a sensitive guitar boy. And as we all sang along joyfully to what song, uh, we were all having the time of our lives, nah, just being together, yeah, because we we're, because were such great friends. I've never said that in my life. I mean, I have great friends, and I hang out with them. But never do I reflect back on it and say, ah, yeah, we enjoyed ourselves that evening because we're such great friends. <laughs> and that's the reason why Jordan threw up in the bushes. Because we're having a great time because we're great friends. Just up ahead of us was a man in the middle of the road uh, on, a, on a horse. 
I slow down, Karen exclaimed. I immediately slammed on my brakes, and John doesn't scare easily, but the man on the horse in the middle of this dark, deserted road gave John the willies. The closer we got to the mounted figure, the more frightened we all became, but we just kept driving. Ah, we blamed it on the beer that we were drinking and proceeded uh, to the old ghost town. How does that work? Uh, So if you have alcoholism to the point where you're actually hallucinating things like giant spiders or a man on a horse, uh, what are the odds that all of you have the same hallucination at the exact same time? Who says, oh, my drinking problem... I saw a man on a horse again, and the other person goes, yeah, me too, because I have the same problem, and the third person, yeah, and then you just go, well, let's keep driving. That seems like a weird excuse. Oh, we blame it on the beer. Okay, sorry about that. Oh, we couldn't face all of our friends the next day, and we say we were too scared to camp out there, so we would be the laughing stock of the school. So we continued onward, and as we approached the entrance of the town, oh, the car stalled, and then we were definitely not going to walk back home since it was too far. Uh, we, didn't, we didn't want to end up running for our lives from the mysterious man on the horse. Also, they admit that it's not just a drinking hallucination. So we gathered our belongings and crossed through the entrance. We turned on our flashlights, and uh, we looked for a safe place to camp for the night. Uh, Where'd that man on the horse go? Oh, so now they're just flat out. It's not the drinking anymore. Karen asked as we walked. "Uh, uh, Who knows uh, 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 who uh, cares? John replied quickly. All of a sudden, the mounted figure appeared and charged full stream ahead in our direction. Oh, his eyes were as red as fire. And we all froze in our tracks. He... He rode right through us as if as if we were the ghosts. Oh, it was enough to turn a skeptic into a believer. I told everyone to get our cell phones out and call our parents to come pick us up, but none of our phones would get a signal. Uh, well, it looks like we're stuck here for the night, yeah, John said. We may as well make the best of it. Well, this looks like uh, a good place to pitch a tent right next to the saloon and bank. No, don't. Don't put your tent next to abandoned buildings. You don't know what kind of homeless people or scamps are in those buildings. you got to get far away from that. Well, whatever. I replied, John placed the firewood on the ground and, and tried to get the fire started while Carrot and I got the tent set up. Well, we all gathered around the campfire to keep warming and sang a few songs to try to lighten the mood. <laughs> and Karen decided after a while that we should tell some stories about the old ghost town. This is all a horrible idea. All right, uh, who wants to tell their story first? Karen asked excitedly. <laughs> John put his guitar down, oh, finally, and took another gulp of beer and said, Since I'm the biggest skeptic, I'll tell my story first. My father told me this tale when I was a little boy. You're still a little boy. You're in high school. You see, my father's grandfather used to be the sheriff in this ghost town. It would always run into trouble with some of the gunslingers. That was especially true with a man nicknamed Six-Gun Jones. Every time Six-Gun Jones drank too much whiskey while playing poker... Ah, someone ended up dead. Uh, when Six-Gun lost a game, he would tip the table over and shoot every player in the head. Oh, he'd grab up all the money, uh, run out of saloon, jump on his horse, and, and ride out of town. Until the one day the sheriff had enough. Uh, uh, this time I'll be ready and waiting to shoot him uh, in, in both legs, nah, the sheriff said. Now I'll drag him out of the saloon and hang him high in the middle of town. 
Sure enough, Six-Gun Jones was back in town with his whiskey in one hand and Six-Gun in the other. Oh, everyone scattered about the saloon as Six-Gun took a swig of whiskey. Oh, he shot his gun and said, uh, let's play some poker, boys. <laughs> After a few rounds of poker and whiskey, uh, losing every hand that was dealt with him, uh, he threw his whiskey bottle down and flipped the table over. Oh, he's getting ready to shoot every player in the head. That's weird. And make his getaway with the money. But little did he know uh, that one of the players was the sheriff in disguise. Now the sheriff drew his guns and shot six guns in both of his legs uh, before he even got his hand on the gun. It's weird that it's really specifically on the legs. The torso is probably the easiest place to shoot. The legs, eh, depending on your girth. What if they're the width of cigarettes? How are you going to guarantee you can shoot them both? Just go for the... All right. Six-Gun Jones fell to the floor, begging for help. Ah, the sheriff came over, just as he planned to do, and dragged Six-Gun out of the saloon. He took him into the gallows and hung Six-Gun for all the killings in town. Well, that seems like a better place uh, than any to take a break. I'm feeling romantic, and I want to, uh, I want to take you up to the master bedroom with my silken sheets and my... Large, king-size waterbed. Well, we'll roll around. We'll fuss and fight a little bit. It's okay. We're adults. We consented to this. And I'm going to read to you the latest upcoming romance novel from Penguin Random House Books. Okay, hold on. I'm coming. I'm coming. I just had to pee. Oh! Look at you, sprawled out of my bed like some kind of human kitten. And what is that, a, what is that, a baseball jersey? Oh, that's fantastic. What are you, my little sports person? Yeah, yeah, it's fun. Uh, but I don't want that. Put on this lab coat and take this calculator. Type in 8008 uh, and turn it upside down. And it says boob. I guess you didn't need to turn it upside down. It always feels like that's part of the magic trick as I read uh, a review of the newest upcoming romance novel from Penguin Random House Books, The Love Hypothesis by Allie Hazelwood. You want to hear about it? Sure you do. It's BuzzFeed's best summer read of 2021. That's new. I've never seen that before. When a fake relationship between scientists meets uh, the irresistible force of attraction, it throws one woman's carefully calculated theories on love into Chaos. As a third-year PhD uh, candidate, Olive Smith doesn't believe in lasting romantic relationships, uh, but her best friend does, yeah, and that's what's got her into this situation. Oh, convincing Anne that uh, Olive is dating and well on her way to a happily ever after. Uh, it's always going to make more uh, than hand-wavy Jedi mind tricks. Scientists require proof. So, like any self-respecting biologist, Olive panics and kisses the first man she sees. This is like a running theme for all the romance books that I review. It's always the whole, pretend to be my boyfriend, and then later, I'm your boyfriend. That man is none other than Adam Carlson, a young hotshot professor and a well-known ass. (laughs) Which is why Olive is positively floored when Stanford's reigning lab tyrant agrees to keep her charade a secret and be her fake boyfriend. But when a big science conference goes haywire, putting Olive's career on the Bunsen burner, (laughs) Adam surprises her again with his unyielding support and even more unyielding 
dot, 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 six-pack abs. What, what is that like? <laughs> Man, those things keep rolling around and flexing all the time. They're so sexy and they don't stop. They're unyielding. Suddenly, their little experiment feels dangerously close to combustion, and Olive discovers that the only thing more complicated than a hypothesis on love is putting her own heart under the microscope. <laughs> well, that's uh, The Love Hypothesis by Allie Hazelwood. Uh, it's a paperback for 16 bucks, coming out September 14th. Uh, it's available from Amazon, uh, Barnes & Noble, uh, Hudson Booksellers, Indie Bound, Powell's, uh, Target, Eh, eh, bookshop.org, which I don't have any respect for. Uh, Books a Million, which is my favorite uh, book name out of all of them. And Walmart. Well, with that, uh, I don't know. That whole thing seems so lifeless. Uh, where's the romance, huh? Where's the push and pull, the little tugs, huh? The little slap fights, that kind of thing. Where, where's the texting and the texting and the texting until they build themselves up into a, a kind of romantic froth? None of that's in there. I'm not horny anymore. Take off your lab coat. And you didn't even do the boobs gag right on the calculator. Just put him on the bed. Let's go back down to the library. Finish reading this story. All right, let's settle back. Do you still have the calculator? I said leave it on the bed. Put the calculator... To, you're still trying to work out the boobs. It's 8008. Well, you're adding a 5 at the end. Well, that now you're not doing it in the right order, and turning it upside down isn't magic. Any- After John had finished, it was Karen's turn. Ah, so what's your story, he asked her. Ah, my story dates a few years before yours, Karen said. Oh, the town had just struck gold and the people were really happy and enjoying life. Until uh, uh, Tombstone Willie <laughs> came to town and tore it all apart. Uh, Willie was a very selfish and mean man who stopped, uh, who stood about six feet, six inches tall. That's really specific. I hope you all don't have a weak stomach, because this story's pretty gruesome. Oh, it all started on a dusk, a dusk day, uh, when Tombstone got into a fight with another man over a woman. Now, a tale as old as time. Tombstone said to the man, Ah, oh, let's go outside the saloon and finish this. No guns! Just fists. And the man agreed and followed him outside. Little did he know that this would be his last fight. This whole little would he know this would be the last whatever is like a kind of a running phrase throughout this entire story. It's happened more than once so far. Tombstone reared back and threw his first punch. Oh, he struck him so hard that the man spun around, hit the ground, and passed out. Tombstone ran one of his spurs from the top of the man's head uh, to the bottom of his leg. Ugh, and dragged him out behind the saloon. Tombstone dug him a shallow grave and buried his lifeless body. The next day, he returned with a tombstone to mark the grave of his first kill. That was how Tombstone Willie got his nickname, and he went on to kill about, I don't know, ten more townspeople, and the name stuck. I'm sure you would like to know what happened to Tombstone Willie. Well, one day, who talks like that? 
If I was telling the story, I'd be like, yeah, then he killed a guy and put a tombstone there. Oh, I'm sure you'd like to know what happened, Tombstone Willie. That's not how people talk. Uh, well, one day he was burying a man behind the saloon, uh, and a horse came along beside him. <laughs> and before Tombstone Willie turned around to see who it was, one of, the, one of the fathers of his victims was on the horse, swinging his lasso above his head. Oh, he threw it around Tombstone Willie's neck and, and, and dragged his lifeless body out of town. The enraged father cut off Tombstone Willie's head and buried the body. To this day, nah, no one knows what happened to Tombstone Willie's head. Uh, at this point, I was clearly shaken by the tales. Well, guys, I'm not sure if I can top your stories, but I'll give it a try. Oh, this dude I'm about to tell you about is really horrible, too. Oh, he goes by the name of Lasso Bill. <laughs> if he catches you cheating at poker, oh, you're a dead man. One rainy night... Oh, Lasso Bill <laughs> entered the saloon ready to play some poker. Oh, he needed some money to eat on since he, he didn't have much money. Well, that makes sense. Lasso Bill was pretty good at poker and never cheated. Okay, to him, there was nothing better than winning big. The Kingston clan were notorious for cheating and didn't care what the townspeople thought of them. The clan, so it's like a group of people. It's like, we get together and we all cheat and we don't care what anyone thinks about us. It just so happened that on this day, Lasso Bill <laughs> decided to play against the clan. While they were playing, Lasso Bill noticed one of the Kingston brothers sliding an ace under his cards, and he knew something was up. Well, because you just saw him sliding an ace under the card. You have to know if something's up. It just got up. Lasso Bill was getting dealt one bad hand after another, and he slammed his cards down on the table and yelled, No one! Dash, dash. I mean, all caps, no one, dash, dash, cheats Lasso Bill out of money. Oh, I love that name. The Kingston clan just sat back and laughed at his threats because they're known for cheating. If you're going to play against the Kingston clan, it's all about cheating. You have to suspect something's up. Something's always up with the Kingston clan. Now you really think this is funny? I'll show you funny. He quickly pulled uh, both six shooters out and shot the cheating clan to death. Lasso Bill kicked the table over and got out of his chair, grabbing his lasso from the floor. <laughs> he pulled the bullet-filled bodies of the Kingston clan together and swung his lasso around in the air until it slipped over the, their corpses, all of them. And he pulled the rope tight and dragged the, all of them, dragged the boys out of the saloon. Lasso Bill tied the rope around his horse and rode out of town. Oh, he went all the way to the top of the hill and buried the brothers, and when word got out about what Lasso Bill had done, oh, he was the town's hero. That's my story. Uh, I know my tale has a happy ending, uh, but was still a bad dude during the old western days. Uh, hey, John, did you hear something? Yes, Karen and John exclaimed at the same time. Uh, it's the man on the horse uh, with with the fiery red eyes! Exclamation point! And this time, uh, and this time he's not alone! Exclamation point! That can't be! Oh, and there's like twenty spaces. Then the word no with an exclamation point, and then twenty spaces. It can't be! Oh, please don't hurt us! We were only camping out and, and telling stories about the old ghost town, and we meant no harm. And then uh, next line in quotes: No! Exclamation point! No, exclamation point. No, three exclamation points. Now the next morning, the school was in progress. A roll was called. Uh, John, no answer. Karen, uh, no answer. Mike, no answer. 
Uh, only the charred campfire, untouched tent, and broken-down car remained. No trace of John, Karen, or Mike were ever found. Oh, there you are. What took you long enough? I've been sitting here in the smoking room of the Leaves of Glen Mansion, waiting for you so we can sit here and recap what the hell we just read. What were you, what were you peeing? Were you still trying to figure out the boobs joke on the calendar? I think you do the five first, then eight zero zero eight. Then you turn it upside down and let the magic happen. Well, you can learn that for next time and show your friends. Uh, let's recap this chapter. Uh, first, uh, bunch of teens decide they're going to go sleep in the old ghost town. Because one guy's a, a jerk, jerk skeptic. And they're like, well, we're going to prove to you it's haunted over there. Let's go sleep there. We're going to camp out. So they go driving out and they drink a lot, which is kind of a weird twist, a, a bad message to give. I don't know. What is it, 1950s? I don't know, because they had a sensitive ponytail man playing guitar the whole time and all they all sang along, which seems weird because... They have cell phones, I thought, but what you do is you, you, you just play music on, like, Spotify or something. But instead, there's a guy with a guitar, like, turn off the radio. I'm playing guitar now. And they all sing along, and they have a great time till they see a man on a horse, and they all freak out as they almost hit him with the car. And then they say, oh, we drank too much. We all hallucinated the same thing with our extreme drinking problems. And then they say, no, nope, actually, it was real. It isn't that scary. And they say, well, let's settle down and spend the night here. So... Things aren't consistent. Uh, and then they, they sit around, they tell the uh, campfire stories about uh, all the uh, murders that happened in this town. And, uh, and they, they kind of allude to a man on a horse or whatever. And then uh, and they talk about Lasso Bill. I forgot the name already. But uh, and he's kind of the hero. It's kind of a positive message at the end about order being brought to the town. And, uh, and the, the, the power of the lasso can destroy the destructive force. That is, a lazy man with a gun. Uh, and then they just kind of all die. What's good? Mm, Lasso Bill was good. He was fantastic. He's everything I've ever wanted out of a cowboy story that doesn't exist in any movie I've ever seen. If someone could make a movie out of Lasso Bill, I would watch it. Uh, what sucks? That the story started out with the ghost of one of the three being the narrator. So it starts out by saying, little did we know that we would never go back to school again because we're dead. Uh, who was speaking? I Maybe that was clear and I lost track, but uh, it, it just sort of seems... It seems weird. Do you think the ghost regrets how things turned out? Uh, who's he talking to? How are we learning this story from the ghost? He's already telling you we all died, and now here's my story. Uh... What do we learn? Well, you'd probably survive fine if you weren't singing out loud all the time. Also, don't set up camp in the... If you're going to set up camp in the ghost town, try to get out in a big open area. Don't go next to the abandoned buildings, because maybe they weren't killed by a ghost. It wasn't exactly clear from what I could understand. It could just be, like, a weird guy with a Polaroid camera and, like, a knife or something. I don't know. A person in a weird, uh, like, all-leather suit 
who just hangs out in an old abandoned town, hey, it might not have been ghosts at all. Go to a remote area and tell your camp stories. Like, you don't have to be right next to the weird abandoned buildings. That's just unsafe. Plus, there's probably lead everywhere, and you're going to get cancer. Uh, well, I'm feeling fussed. Um, yeah, I know it's a short episode. That's my show. If you don't like it, uh, well, I hope you still keep listening. Uh, but with that, uh, hopefully I'll find other stuff to read here in the future. But until then, I will see you uh, next week. Ah, uh, well, it appears you found me in the part of the podcast I hate the most where I tell you all about the places on the internet where you can find me. You can tell I hate this because of the sound effects making it sound like a stormy night uh, in the drawing room of the damned. Now, there's there's that. Uh, I, I, are you cool? I like cool people. It's the reason why I got involved in this business to begin with, just to meet cool people. Not losers. So if you're cool, uh, feel free to go over to my website, uh, nuzzlehouse.com. You can see a backlog of everything I've ever read, uh, along with episodes from the Book Boys and uh, blah, blah, blah. You can also find me on Instagram, uh, which is uh, House Nuzzle. And conveniently enough, uh, Twitter, which is also at House Nuzzle. Annoyingly, YouTube made me pick a name instead of just a house nuzzle. So you got Glenn Nuzzles. So I guess you search for that if you want to watch a screen that doesn't do anything and just hear my voice. Uh, and since, uh, since I think you might be cool, you can always just email me directly. Glenn.nuzzles at gmail.com But don't, uh, don't email if you're a, a nerdlinger or a dork. Now, back to business. I can't believe I drank all of them already. There's one left. <laughs>